So AI has started an arms race in cybersecurity with artificial intelligence tech generating both new weapons and defenses. Will this escalate toward a cold war tempered by the threat of mutually assured destruction? Or is AI just the latest tool in a battle where winning requires an ongoing state of zero trust? Or are we just asking the wrong questions? I'm Ken Cadet of Entrust. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about AI from the enterprise security point of view. Back with us are Greg Wetmore, VP of Software Development at Entrust. Hi, Greg. Hello, Ken. Nice to be back. And Rishi Kashal, CIO at Entrust. Hey, Rishi. Ken, good to be here. Thanks for being here for both of you. Now, Rishi, part of this came from a conversation we were having. We were talking about AI, you know, as, as we tend to do. And at some point, I think we said something like, well, Rishi, you're a CIO. What do you want to know about AI and cybersecurity? And your response was basically, what we should be talking about is how AI will help me make my security posture better. That's what we're looking for out of AI tools and cybersecurity generally. So can you say a little bit more about that um, as a CIO and as a CIO of a cybersecurity company, hearing all this AI buzz, what are you looking for as you look at the AI opportunity? Again, as, as you rightly pointed out, this there is a lot of buzz and talk about AI, uh, right? Nobody wants to be left behind. Uh, and, 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 and it is clear that AI is not just going to help the, the bad guys, but it's also going to help the, the good guys as well in, in a lot of different ways. So, so as, as a CIO with my team, as we look at all the different areas, for example, how can we be more productive? How can we automate certain things? How can we act faster to mitigate certain risks? And how can we avoid risks? Uh, all of that is, is something we're looking at from the tools and capabilities that are out there. So, uh, as you know, and we look at how AI will be implemented with the tools and the processes that we have to think about. Um, you know, as as that evolves as well from the organization standpoint, uh, as we start thinking about protecting our organization. So, what are some specific ways that AI-enabled t- tools can improve our security posture? Well, maybe I'll go back to Ken where you started the arms race concept um, and AI being both a a threat and a potential advantage in the cybersecurity world. We really look at both sides of that equation. Um, you know, on the on the threat side, for instance, AIs have proven to be really good at fooling humans, phishing, smishing, deep fakes. Um, this ne- this new generation of generative AIs just seems to be able to output content that is really natural. It feels like a real person, um, and and so that's sort certainly one big threat AI poses. I think uh, this new generation of AI also seems to be really good at, at automating technical tasks, making attacks easier, generating code, generating scripts, analyzing data sets, you know, analyzing massive data sets or data leaks for valuable information. These are all things that this generation of, of AI seem to be really good at and are true threats from a cybersecurity point of view. But if you flip that around, um, this new generation of AI is also a big advantage uh, in the cybersecurity space. Um, you know, the, the natural language interaction potentially can make very complex tools a lot easier to use. Um, AIs are really good at anomaly detection and analyzing large data sets, um, threat detection, um, looking for, you know, looking across a massive IT state for misconfigurations or variations of best practices. So um, there's no question that AI is going to be built into this upcoming generation of cybersecurity tools and will uh, help make organizations more secure. It feels like we've had AI for a while, right? We've talked a lot about, for several years now, right, about 
AI, machine learning, um, using you know different ways, using different methods like this to analyze data, look at look at data, you know, um, you know, handle some complex tasks. Um, but what we're really what what's really gotten hot right now is this generative AI, the the large language models, right? Um, can you talk a little bit about that? How I mean, I can I can see how how that that makes sense for some of the things you're talking about, but like, how specifically does do do these do these AI tools that are getting so much buzz right now? How how do you see them getting incorporated into some enterprise applications? Yes, so I you're right. AI or machine learning has been around for literally decades, um, and this new generation really has taken a big step forward. But it's that contrast between um, what we now call a narrow language model and this generation of AI's large language models. So the narrow language models that, that pre- preceded this generation of AI really were specialized, much more specialized tools um, trained on smaller data sets and, and really helped decision-making or automation in very specific domains. I think it's the, the, the really two drivers that allowed for this this leap in AI technology that we've seen over the last short period of time, just, you know, a few months, a year, literally. Yeah. Um, and it's the access to just an enormous data set at our fingertips on the internet, all the open source software, all the social media conversations, all the content on the in- internet, being able to access that easily and use all of that data to train an AI. And then secondly, this massive elastic compute that we have in the cloud. According to OpenAI, it took over 300,000 server cores and over 10,000 GPUs to train their GPT-3 engine. That's many millions of dollars of cloud usage, but it's that, you know, almost infinite computing resource that we have that's allowed um, this next generation of AIs to become really general purpose tools, have huge parameter domains and have this natural language prompt capability um, that you know, for lack of a better term, these AIs have knowledge over such a huge domain of information that they really are general purpose, useful tools. Right. Which, which is, it makes for some very interesting applications, I would think going forward. And we were, we were noting, we were just talking about um, a survey that just came out the other day. I think Rackspace and Microsoft put out a survey that said that, um, you know, the AI wave basically was corresponding with, you know, some significant new cybersecurity investments, um, which, you know, lead you, lead you to kind of kind of think about you know if we're if we're going to make use of these general purpose uh, these general purpose AI tools, what does it mean for them to be enterprise ready from a security standpoint? Now, Rishi, you want to try that one? So, as as we we initially started, there's a lot of buzz around around uh, AI. There are a lot of uh, big software vendors looking into building AI within their own platforms itself. So as we look at at uh, incorporating AI within within our organizations, one of the things that we need to look at is is around what are we trying to accomplish? How is that going to help us? How is that going to help us uh, be more productive, be more efficient, and and uh, uh, based on that, um, and, and then how do we measure it uh, from from that standpoint? Uh, as we've seen, uh, you know, there's a lot of AI uh, out there from the standpoint of image generation. It is pretty cool, but after a while, 
uh, it's just something that you don't use. So well, you want to make sure that it gets incorporated within what you do and you can start leveraging it better. Uh, so that becomes extremely critical as part of what you are looking at from the standpoint of which tools, what kind of AI, and how is that going to help you from your standpoint? Makes sense. And Greg, like from a security standpoint, I mean, there's a lot of issues with the fact that these have these such massive data sets. Where where do you think that's heading? Yeah, you're you're right to point that out. Um, there are some some as yet unsolved challenges with AI today, and and some of those challenges are extremely significant in an enterprise context. Um, we're still exploring sort of the legal piece of AI. Um, when AI produces something, do you have the right to use it? Do you have the right to distribute it? Who is the original author? Um, can you copyright that or and at that output? You know, from we're an independent software company. If, when my teams are helping are using AI to help build our products, we have to be very careful that um, you know we're not using code that we're not allowed that, that we don't have the right to use. Um, the security piece is massive. Um, is the output from AI engine safe? Is it secure? Um, we, we, we're starting to learn about attacks on AIs like data poisoning and um, prompt injections that potentially can cause AIs to do uh, malicious things or things they weren't intended to do. And finally, perhaps the biggest concern at an enterprise level is the privacy and confidentiality piece. Where is this data stored? When I submit information to an AI engine, how does that information get used? You know, do I lose control of that information? If that's private confidential information, is it now public domain information? Um, so it's brought about um, considerations like should we looking at private AIs or you know, anonymizing data before it goes into AI engines? There's a whole do sort of domain or interesting um, developments happening right now around the enterprise readiness of AI. Interesting. Yeah. What do you What do you think about the the idea of a private AI? It seems like it seems like it sort of defeats the purpose, and yet at the same time, you know, you would almost require some kind of you know some kind of boundary, if not a wall, around uh, you know, in order to protect corporate information, for example. Yeah. So I mean, we we talked before about how the cloud is just this perfect uh, resource to uh, to use to train these large language models, and it almost the only resource available, you know, most organizations can't afford to put the kind of computing into a private data center anymore that would take to reproduce something like chat GPT. Um, but I think we're, we're perhaps going to end with some sort of somewhat hybrid modes where, um, you know, perhaps the, the large language models get trained in the cloud, but organizations can run or more specialized um, or, or, you know, train that language model on their private data in their private data centers. Um, but it, it certainly is an area that's evolving quickly. Um, it, yeah, and organizations are going to have to follow closely, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah how from, do, the, from the platform providers. Yeah, it's like how do you how do you how do you avoid accidentally accidentally training the large language model publicly on your private you know on your private information or your IP, which is a uh, Kind of scary. Um, so, um, Rishi, I, I know you've um, you've been talking with you know a lot of companies um, uh, about uh, the different types of enterprise applications or solutions that might be out there, and how how different organizations are incorporating AI. Are oh yeah, you know, 
what are what are some of the things you without naming names what are some of the things that you're hearing out there no that there, there are a lot of lot of uh, vendors that are looking at this right nobody wants to be left behind um uh, some of them are not there yet that they're all looking at how do we monetize it? How do we do we uh, kind of what we talked about the private AI piece of it? A lot of organizations are looking at having their own private AI environments. They still want to use the uh, learning models from what is there outside, but not necessarily provide their data for the learning models itself and just keep that within the organization there. So that's one of the things that a lot of these 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 bigger vendors are are uh, you know uh, uh, I would say beta testing some of these things uh, so that they can ensure that it doesn't break the rule from the organization standpoint. So uh, some of them are there pretty close. Some of them are still a little further down, but uh, there is a lot of talk about that with uh, you know quite a few of the vendors that we work with right now. Absolutely, Greg, are you hearing anything different or other things out in the market? Yeah, I, I go back to the, I think we used the word hype uh, when we talked about what's currently happening with AI. And, and I think hype curves a real phenomenon in this case. Um, you know, over the last few months, you know, it's it's clearly the hottest tech trend to talk about. And every software provider, platform provider is working on AI in some form just to be, you know, attached themselves to that trend. I think what will come over the next few months or year is, is moving towards more produ- productive, uh, valuable use of AI and, and less hype. I think it's useful to think about, you know, AI is not a solution for every problem. It's um, it's going to be a valuable tool for certain kinds of problems. They're even just in the cybersecurity domain. There are very deterministic cybersecurity capabilities like cryptography and phishing resistant MFA that AI really doesn't pose a threat necessarily to those technologies because they're based on fundamental um, computational difficulties in cryptography. But we talked about some of the huge advantages AI will have in anomaly detection and pattern matching. So I think we'll zero in on places where AI truly provides value and is useful and and it's valuable and organizations will be willing to pay for that value. Um, But undoubtedly, some of this hype will fade a little bit. Um, Yeah, I suspect AI isn't going to be this solution for every problem. Yeah, and that's when we really get down to work with it, right? Exactly. So to wrap up, uh, what kinds of questions should leaders in IT organizations and even business leaders be asking as they think about bringing um, AI into enterprise applications and into, um, you know, overall into the enterprise? Yeah, so, so as, as you look at AI, right, there's three different things that that you need to be looking at. There's tools that will come in with the, the vendor-specific tools that you already have. So AI is going to be incorporated with that. So in that particular case, you're just enabling it. You're, you're procuring that from the vendors itself. That is one piece of it. There's the other piece of it where you want to leverage what AI provides to to uh, uh, from from your standpoint when you are developing certain things. So that's the the automation. That's the the uh, efficiency from coding standpoint. As you migrate platforms, you can use some of the LLM models to be able to speed some of that up. So that's the other usage of AI. There's other uh, usages that you may be building some of your your uh, uh, audio video learning models. So so different applications. So which one do you want to start off with and learn from and invest in? Uh, and each of these are different use cases. 
and then uh, never uh, forget the, the the data security portion of it, which is extremely critical. You want to make sure that security is inbuilt as part of what you do. Uh, you don't want to find that out after. Makes sense. And Greg, Greg, yeah, uh, will we send that question over to you? What kinds of questions should leaders be asking about how this is being yeah, used? Yeah, Rich, Rich, ended on uh, on the one I was going to zero in on. You know, it's my job and interest to, to build secure software. Um, so, so the questions I would be asking from an executive leader point of view are are some of the ones I highlighted. You know, the the legal pieces, uh, the security pieces. Uh, is is this AI engine secure? Is is, is its output secure? What uh, processes and procedures and technology we're we putting around it to make sure that what gets output from the AI is safe. And finally, the the data privacy and confidentiality piece. Do we really understand the data flows here? How are we protecting our confidential intellectual property as an organization um, when we want to apply an AI to that kind of information? Definitely a lot to think about, and we're going to keep uh, keep watching this space. So let's leave it there then. Thank you, uh, Rishi. Thank you, Greg. Um, for being here, sharing your expertise on this. Um, always enjoy this conversation. And I want to thank uh, everyone for listening. Uh, this podcast comes from the Entrust Cybersecurity Institute. You can check out a wealth of insights there at www.entrust.com slash cybersecurity dash institute or search for that on your favorite search engine. Our podcast is produced by Stephen Damone. If you like what you hear, I encourage you to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love to hear from you. You can email your opinions and ideas to Cybersecurity Institute at entrust.com. So until next time, thank you. Talk to you soon.